is Chuck Stecker. My bride, Billy, and I serve in the PLC prayer team, and I attend the Wednesday morning men's life group, The Man God Uses. Today is day 11 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I encourage you to continue praying for the five areas that Pastor Andrew has asked us to pray for during this fast. Our nation, our families, our finances and careers, our church for revival, and for wisdom and direction in our lives. Today we will be talking about self-discipline. As you listen today, bear in mind, I am speaking to myself perhaps more than you or anyone else. As we talk about self-discipline, we also understand that in the Bible very often it says self-control. This idea of discipline, control in our lives is very important to God, and he speaks to this regularly in his word, sometimes directly to us, sometimes he speaks through others. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says that a person without self-control or self-discipline is like a city with broken down walls. I want you to think about that for just a second. My family and I, we lived in Rome, Italy for several years, and we still can remember carefully the gates and parts of the walls. And in the ancient cities, the walls were very significant. The walls created community. They gave identity. It also provided defense, but a fortress as well. And I think what God is symbolizing here, when our walls are broken down, we lack self-control, we lack self-discipline. I think it affects our identity. I think it affects our community, how we relate to others. I think from a spiritual standpoint, it takes away our defenses and it doesn't make us strong enough to stand and fight as needed. Very often, people look at this issue of self-control like it's something they have to do all on their own. You know, I have to do this, and very often I've talked to people that said, you know, I I need self-control and I need discipline, but in the manner in which they say it, it's almost as if they're doing it without God, and when they get it, they will be worthy of God's love, and that's not true at all. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let me say that again for us. In 2 Timothy 1.7, this is God speaking through the Apostle Paul as he speaks to young Timothy And the words are just as appropriate today for me and for you as they were when God used Paul to speak them to Timothy. Because there's key words. It says, for God. That should tell us something, shouldn't it? That this is not something of ourselves. But God has not given. Interesting word, isn't it? That word given is a gift from God that he gives to us freely. And you think about that and you say, well, how do I know he gave us the gift like that freely? Let me just ask you a question. How difficult do you think it was for God to give his only son for our salvation? The amount of love that God had for us, that he would send his son down to live on this earth, 
to be crucified, dead, and buried. And then, in that, he would ascend. How much love do you think God had when he gave us that gift? Now, when you think about the magnitude of the gift that God has given us there, don't you think it's a little bit easier when God says, he didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but God gave us the gift of power, love, and self-discipline. This idea of self-discipline is pretty important, isn't it? We often speak of gifts that God gives, and we have gift surveys. And if you've come and gone through the classes here initially with PLC, you've taken a class on your spiritual gifts, your personality assessment. And those seem very important, and they are very important to us. But you know, without self-discipline, all of the great intentions of God with the gifts that he's given us, for his glory, and for us to have a great life. Without self-discipline, very often those gifts can be wasted, can't they? You know, very often I'm looking at the computer and it has the thing pop up and it says, the athletes that have been the biggest bust in the NFL. What it means is, you know, who's come in with the greatest potential and absolutely did nothing with it? And they're often looking at their gifts. But what happens is, in so many of those athletes, it's not the gift that fails them. It is the self-discipline. It is the courage that God has given them to do the right things over and over, to discipline themselves as we are told to do. And very often what happens is they don't last. And you think, well, you know, these are athletes they didn't think much of. We've watched this happen with the number one pick in the entire National Football League, and he hasn't made it. And I attribute a lot of that to not the gifts, not that he didn't have the ability, not that he wasn't smart enough. It's because he lacked the self-discipline for God to use his gifts. And you say, but, you know, that's... God gave us the gift of self-discipline with the other gifts that he's given us. You know, then there's other athletes that are not that highly rated. I think of some that have gone into college and they've gotten selected and uh, not really recruited by some of the colleges or they've made it, but they haven't been high on the list. I think of the latest Heisman Trophy winner. In watching the game not too many nights ago, I listened to the announcer say one of the things that he does is after every practice, everybody else is gone. And after every practice, he still catches 100 balls. That comes out of the machine, throwing at him. And they said, these aren't soft ones meant to just go easy on him, but very hard, very sharp, make any move, use his hands. He's got the gifts to catch those. God has given this kid an enormous set of gifts. But you know what? I've seen people with greater gifts than that not do near as well. And what makes this man different, what sets this young man apart, is not his physical attributes. They said that he's very tiny and not highly recruited, and particularly for that position, it's his self-discipline. I believe God feels the same way about it. I believe that God tells us that he's given us these gifts and that we're supposed to have the self-discipline that we see in many of these athletes or perhaps the self-discipline we don't see in these athletes 
that takes away from the greatness that God has planned for them. I think of the words of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, he says, don't you realize that in a race, everybody runs, but only one person gets the prize. So you run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will not, that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing, he says, but I discipline my body like an athlete. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. I don't think he played in the NFL, but he still has a very clear understanding of the discipline that is necessary, self-discipline, and he says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might be disqualified. Isn't that an amazing statement that you have there from the Apostle Paul? One of the ones that we attribute to greatness and the amount of books in the Bible that he wrote. But here's two things that I want to tell you. The importance of self-discipline is not just for you, but it impacts the culture in which you live in. And when I say culture, the atmosphere, your home, the place you work, the people you're associated with, your self-discipline As one friend of mine said, a rising tide raises the level of all boats. And I am convinced that a man or woman with self-discipline impacts those around them. You know, and to understand this better, we've got to understand that this isn't for one Apostle Paul or this man or our pastor or something else. This is for all of us. We've got to understand that we were created with a purpose and a destiny. In Jeremiah 1.5, God speaks and he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now get this, God is speaking to a, a person who lacks every bit of confidence, who's already said to God, I can't do this. And God says, but now wait a minute. Do you understand that I formed, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb? I set you apart. I appointed you. And I do not care what your walk of life is, where you work, if you're a student. Here's the issue. God has set you apart and appointed you as his son or daughter in this kingdom to represent him. He would go on to say in Philippians 4.13, so that there's no doubt that you're not on your own. He says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So here we are. I want to encourage you because I think we need each other. As you listen to this devotion today, rest assured that at Passionate Life Church, we share the desire with you for God and the gifts that God has given you to be used throughout the kingdom to have an impact. You know, if you go to the Passionate Life Church website, there's statement of values there. 
And I love this about our church because these are not just things that were written and put on a wall or in a notebook because people should thought we should have them in forming a church. But these are the things that were given to Pastor Andrew and Pastor Dawn as God brought them to Denver to launch Passionate Life Church. But there's a couple of snippets that I want to give you off of that page about what we believe at this church. And it ties in with this idea of self-control, self-discipline, if you will, and so forth. One of those says, his presence assures us of our relationship with Christ. And knowing that his presence, it ties in to what he said, that he knew us before he formed us, that we can do everything through Christ and our, the assurance of our relationship with Christ. And the other thing that comes to me from our, our statement of faith is every human personality is uniquely created, possesses dignity, and is worthy of respect and Christian love. Know that at Passionate Life Church, we're all in this together, and God needs us all together that the gifts that God has given you are so different perhaps the gifts than God has given me or pastor or our staff. And you are vital to what God wants to do right now in our culture, in our community through Passionate Life Church. And the last thing I would say is the church works together in love and unity intent on the ultimate purpose of glorifying Christ that is exactly what we believe, and I say that to encourage you as you listen to this with self-discipline. The final thing is the words of Paul to, that are written in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. He says, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-discipline, and self-discipline with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection for love with everyone. God needs you, and he needs you to have the self-discipline that he's already put inside of you, that gift. We need you. The world needs you. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, we thank you and we love you that you loved us so much to send the ultimate gift of your own son to die for us. How then in knowing that you would send Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, your own begotten son, how then could it even be difficult to imagine that you have given us gifts and you've given us the gift of self-discipline? Father, I pray for myself and everyone listening. Father, would you remind me as you need to that the gift is already inside of me. And Father, give me the self-discipline and the courage to walk in the fullness of what you've already done. That Father, my life may bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. <music> 